Hello and welcome everyone to the 11th edition of Tiger Kickoff, the podcast for the 2020 college football season. Possibly, possibly, not sure if we'll do a bull edition yet, so this could be the final edition of Tiger Kickoff, the podcast for the 2020 college football season. Um, As always, my name is Adam Cole and I'm joined by our two other Columbia, Missourian, Missouri football beat writers, Andy Kimball and Max Baker. We are coming to you from three different locations over Zoom today. One of us is in St. Louis, one of us is in Columbia, and then one of us is is in Northeast Kansas. Um, and this is a pre-recorded podcast on Thursday, December 17th. Coming into the uh, the twilight uh, of the season, we've got a little bit of everything here for you today. Of course, we'll preview the Mississippi State game, talk a little bit about bowl games. As we found out earlier this week, Missouri will certainly be going bowling. But first, uh, we're going to start with what's clearly been everybody's favorite game of the year for Missouri, uh, the Georgia game, uh, which ended up being a 49-14 to 14 beatdown, if I remember right off the top of my head. Take me through what you guys saw in that game, what you liked, what you didn't like. Was, was there anything good that Missouri could take away from that game? I think what was interesting about it was just you, you knew Missouri was going to need a big play or like cut out sort of like a game-changing play, and they got that from the from the blocked punt, I guess, from Mason Pack. But that was really it. Like, I mean, that was a game-changing play. It honestly turned the whole first half. It made it close. But it just shows that there's still this, like, divide between Georgia and Florida and the rest of the conference. And it's only going to change if Missouri can recruit at a high level and play at a high level. And it just, you know, it just kind of showed that although Missouri was winning these games this year, they're not, they, they're still a ways, a ways to go. Yeah, and I think, like, one of the positions you can see the biggest, like, divide in recruiting is offensive and defensive line. So I think those are the ones where, like, the stars, like, translate the best, I think. And so, I mean, like, Missouri ran for 22 yards and Georgia ran for over 300 yards. I mean, that kind of shows, like, that big gap in talent you're talking about. I think it kind of shows that when when Missouri can't run the ball, they can't really do anything offensively. And they have, uh, I think, I mean, even in the trenches, I think you mentioned how the divide in... But I, I even think, like, on the outside, like, the playmakers, you had Pickens, who's a five-star. You had Samir White, who's a five-star. I think it was James Cook, who was also a five-star. And then you just have all these guys. JT Daniels was the number two quarterback in the country, I think, really, when he went to USC first. So it's just, like, even at the non-skill, like, just everywhere. It's like, I don't know if there's a position Missouri out-recruited Georgia. There probably isn't. Well, so going off of that, you know, obviously we talked about, I, I mentioned recapping Georgia, but maybe if anything, we should maybe be looking at yesterday for Missouri with the National Signing Day. I know that that took place yesterday, the early signing period. I think Missouri, did they sign all 21 of their guys or was it? I, no, I don't. I think they two of them did not sign. I think it was Harrison Pearl, I think, I want to say. Okay. Shamar Pearl. And then I, I don't know who the other one would have been right off the top of my head, but... Um, yeah. It's B.J. Harris starting back out of Chattanooga. Okay. Okay. So B.J. Harris and and um, Shamar Pearl, who I believe are still both verbally committed to Mizzou. Oddly enough, um, Shamar Pearl has been verbally committed to Mizzou before this past signing period. He, I think, was initially an Odom recruit. I digress. Looking at that class, you know, everyone's, I think, talked about how surprising it's been, how well Drinkwitz has done in his first year recruiting. But like, what stood out to you guys? I know, I know, I think it was Max, you mentioned the star power in the trenches, obviously, like Travian Ford, you know, a four star, Kyron Montgomery, I think by rivals is rated a four star. I don't know about on 24 seven. You know, I think if I'm right, Makai Wingo, I think he was only like a three star, but he was rated or he was named like his conferences defensive player of the year in St. Louis. Did they, did they make a difference yesterday when it came to, you know, what they did with getting guys in the trenches or, or was there anything else in particular that, that stood out the most in that class? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was interesting. Drinkwitz hit on it yesterday about how they needed guys like in the trenches and how they, you know, they needed defensive backs based on positions they thought they were going to lose. Which it just made you think about, you know, they have nobody's really come out and said they're leaving next year, but with the way Drinkwitz was talking and what he expects, you can probably expect Bledsoe and you know, to, and Gillespie. There'll be two players that Missouri doesn't expect back, and you know, probably have some, you know, get some depth at safety and at the cornerback position. Losing Adam Sparks in the middle of the year too. Um, but yeah, I think the defensive line as well, like I, I, it's just, it's so confusing with not knowing who's coming back and who you need just with the, the, the ability to stay that an extra year. So yeah, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was interesting. I wasn't, you know, I didn't think there was any part of the signing class that really stood out to me. Cause like, obviously all these guys have been, com- most of these guys have been committed. The only person who hadn't been committed was Arden Walker who signed yesterday and committed yesterday, but you know, so nothing really stood out too much to me, just more about what Drinkwood said about the guys they got and why they got them. Yesterday, if I'm right, I think seven defensive linemen or eight total, I think, including Arden Walker, um, signed with that class. Of course, you know, like Max, you mentioned kind of a toss up of who's coming back. Um, you know, they'll definitely have Trajan Jeffcoat, which I didn't realize until you tweeted it yesterday, Max. I didn't realize he, he leads the SEC in sacks, which is kind of crazy um, considering, you know, the last couple of years, they haven't really had anybody emerge in that right. And Kobe Whiteside and Markel Utsi are still kind of question marks. I know Whiteside didn't participate in senior day. Utsi told reporters earlier this year, he's still mulling that decision. Kind of looking at defensive back too, of course, Isaac Thompson, safety out of St. Louis was a big get a four-star recruit for uh drink what's his class yeah i don't i don't i think when his first year would be what in two no that is you're right it is 2020 i think he would be 22 i know it's he was one of the but he was it's confusing because he was also one of the first um Mm -hmm. but he's he's probably going to be big once he gets there i don't know who's going to play it's i mean they probably have jelani williams he's coming back i'm assuming unless you know, he's a guy that I, you know, was one of their highest, was one of Barry Odom's highest ranked recruits. But so their safety position could actually be deep with Manuel only being a sophomore and Jelani Williams only being a sophomore, if I'm correct. So, you know, when, when, when Isaac Thompson gets there, those two will probably both be seniors with possibility of being a junior if they want to stay an extra year, obviously now. Um, so that their depth at safety could be really good in a few years. I honestly had completely spaced that Thompson was... 2022 and not 2021 but um as far as um i know a couple different names like tyler hibbler uh was a guy out of st louis they got at safety um david sistrunk was uh i think a just a cornerback that they got out of florida a couple other names i think to kind of look for who was wondering if they might sign yesterday but they didn't in Devonte balfour He's another cornerback out of Florida who he announced, I think, earlier this month that his top two was Auburn and Missouri. And of course, uh, Auburn fired Gus Malzahn. So we'll see how that impacts things. And then there's um, Jadarius Perkins, who's I think like the number three Juco recruit in the country, uh, defensive back uh, from Mississippi. And uh, he was once an Oregon commit. So Missouri is up there uh, competing with him too. So it'll certainly be interesting to see who else they can kind of nab in that class. Of course, I guess just kind of Tying up the Georgia game, definitely one to forget. Moving forward to the final game of the year, something that should be a much more manageable task. Missouri will be traveling to Starkville uh, for a game against Mississippi State to round things out against the Air Raid. And, and Mike Leach, what uh, what are you guys expecting? What do you, what do you think is going to happen? This is a game you kind of got to win because Mississippi State, aside from that first game where they beat LSU, They've, they've only beaten Vanderbilt and they beat Vanderbilt by seven. So I think this is a game you kind of got to win. Mississippi State's playing better. You know, they're not, they're not this kind of team that you can, you know, sleepwalk. But I guess, you know, I, when, when I was, you know, researching about this game, I, you knew they were the air raid, but I didn't realize compared to everybody else, 
how like just how little they run the ball. Like, I mean, I know it's the air raid, but compared to everybody else in the SEC, I think they have they Vanderbilt's rushed for seven hundred and seventy one y- more yards than Mississippi State, who's only rushed for two hundred nine. Like that's crazy to me. They 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 don't run the ball, and you know that's it's it's just you know so Mizzou's young quarterbacks of NS and JC are going to be tested because. Jarvis wears out so that's that's really what stands out to me their defense is gonna have to step up yeah I mean I think their defense also have a lot of opportunity to force turnovers just because like when you throw the ball more obviously it's a little riskier in terms of like turnover wise because I mean Mississippi State has I think 19 turnovers this year in their nine games or they might be 20 I can't remember for sure but Missouri's defense only has six and so like there's because I think for this game for Missouri it comes down to running the ball effectively and getting turnovers and like Mississippi State hasn't done super great against both those things, so it should be pretty easy for them to accomplish that. That's kind of what the game comes down to for me, at least. And I, th- I think they'll be okay. But yeah, yeah. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, the will their their new quarterback Will Rogers. I think he's a true freshman. He's pretty good. He compl- he's completed a lot, like seventy percent of his passes. But he he does turn the ball over a lot. I think he has seven touchdowns, six interceptions, or something like that. So it's a lot of it's a lot of short passes. It's not like a lot of you know when you think air right. It's just you know it's just a lot of dump off sometimes to the running backs or tunnel screens. So yeah, I don't, I don't know that what, what else you're going to expect out of them, but they do, they do turn it over a decent amount as well. So, you know, it'd be interesting. It'll probably be a very, it'll probably be a high scoring game is my guess, but I don't, you know, obviously now I feel like every time I say it's going to be high scoring or low scoring game, I'm like completely wrong. And they decides to be the exact opposite. So. Yeah. I mean, I know like KJ Costello had 10 picks too. So they've been a lot, like their offense has been a lot better under Rogers than Costello. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see because I know he's a freshman too. So I know with him and Bazelak, they've both kind of developed a good amount over the course of the year. So now that we're getting kind of the end of the year, it'll be interesting to see kind of where that is for both of them. Because I mean, they're probably the only two quarterbacks really competing for like, I don't know, nobody really cares about SCL freshman team, but they're probably the only people like really in the mix for that. I think, yeah, I think Bazelak will probably win that. I think you could have, I, I mean, Will Rogers has been good, but I don't think, I think Mississippi State winning one game with him at quarterback is probably a, Gonna push him over that. And Bay's like is fourth in the SEC in passing. I don't know where Rogers is. Is he third? Yeah, Will Rogers is ninth in the SEC in passing. And then um kind of on that note of like, I know Max, you said you thought it might be high scoring. Mississippi State hasn't scored since it's um if I'm looking at this right. Yeah, since the win over LSU, they haven't scored more than 24 points in a game, which is funny because the last their last three games they've scored well excluding auburn their last four games they've scored 25 24 points in all of those excuse me except they only scored 10 against auburn so i feel like this is just a chance for missouri to not not experiment but like i mean i don't know that there's anything obviously like i mean you have to do what you can to win but i'm curious to see just what that is because it's not like i'm not sitting here thinking oh gosh well like you know they have to execute on the ground or like they absolutely need to get a turnover like i mean of course you want to play smart football but i'm, I'm curious to see if they get any more creative this week than in weeks past, you know, I wonder if this will be a chance for the defense to just kind of get, I guess, extra work in, whether that's in the secondary on the defensive line too. But no, it, I, you know, it'll probably be a win, but I, I'm curious to see just exactly how it shakes out. So on that note, I mean, what do you guys think? What are you guys thinking score-wise, score predictions? What have you got? I think Missouri wins. The reason why, the reason I go back to this, because you hit on it a little bit, the reason, only reason I think it's going to be high scoring is not because I really think Mississippi State's offense is all, let's really look like, I mean, Kylan Hill opted out. He wasn't playing, you know, superb when he was, you know, in, but 
Mizzou is going to be without Gillespie, I believe, too. And they're going to be without Ware. And their corners are, I mean, they're, they're just, Sean Robinson's playing defense this week. And I, I don't know, obviously, that could be a testament to him, but that could also be a testament to how much they need defend, you know, defensive players. And so I think, I think, I think Mizzou wins this game, but I think it's going to be close. I think it'll probably be 31, 26, let's say six, let's say an odd number, <laughs> not an odd number, an even number, but an odd type of number. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. I think Missouri will be in a pretty good spot. I think they'll win too. I think they'll be able to actually run the ball effectively, even though Mississippi state's run defense has actually been, above average this year, I think that'll be a difference. I think they'll be able to kind of control the game, control the clock pretty well. So I think Missouri will win 28-17. I honestly think this will be an opportunity for that defense to kind of, I guess, get a chance to flex its muscles. Um, You know, it's going up against a really young quarterback, and you've got, of course, two really young guys at the cornerback positions. Guys like Martez Manuel have really been stepping up all year. Trajan Jeffcoat is another young guy who has been a standout on that defense. And I think it'll honestly be an opportunity for those guys to step up and kind of really be the dominant forces all at once. I, I think Missouri, if they do everything right, can run away with it. I don't know if they will. My final score prediction is probably going to be, I'll go 28-10 as my final score. Kind of, I guess, to round things out before we get to everybody's favorite game, we found out this week that Missouri will definitely be going bowling. I believe we can expect an announcement on that coming, I believe, this Sunday. But where do you guys think Missouri is going to go? And if you do have a prediction, why why do you think that? Where why do you think they're going to go where they're going to go? I you know I got a, a prediction they're not going to the Idaho Potato Bowl. That's my that's my hot take. I don't think this is the year of the Idaho Potato Bowl. I think they're probably going somewhere in Florida, whether that be the Gator Bowl. I, I know we probably all think this this the Citrus Bowl. I don't think they're going. They're not going to the Citrus Bowl. But whether it's the Gator Bowl or the Outback Bowl, I think those two make probably the most sense. I don't know. I haven't really done a whole lot of digging into projections and whatnot because I don't particularly care. Once it's outside of the New York Six or the, you know, sort of ones, you know, they're all just different. Adam, if you would like to go on a, you know, I know you like to go on tirades, but if you want to go on like a rant about why the Music City Bowl is better than the Gator Bowl, I would love to hear that. If you, if that's one of your, if that's a hill you're willing to die on, I'm, I'm not, I'm not willing to. I think for all three of us, especially in terms of if we want to attend and cover a bowl game live and in person. Yeah, I'd certainly think the Music City Bowl is a little better. I think it'll be tougher to get to Florida, but I think it'll be interesting because, yeah, I've seen the Gator Bowl um, and, the, and the Citrus Bowl both as, like, you know, speculated landing spots for Missouri. But I also think, like, I think their usual bowl games the last few years will also very much be in play. Of course, I think the Music City Bowl, that's one I've seen projected, I think will be an option. I wonder if it'll happen again, but, like, the Liberty Bowl – is probably another possibility. I'm, I'm curious to see if they wind up in the Alamo Bowl or the Texas Bowl, but they've kind of got that mid-range of of not New Year's six games that are either the day before New Year's or on it. So I would imagine that they end up in one of those. I have, I've seen Florida predicted a ton, so I would imagine that they end up in probably one of those, but I, I don't have scoops with with bowl games. So sure? who knows? I think I think you have secret sources about your... I think you're hiding something from us. From, what do you from think us. I'm hiding? I think you think you're hiding something. Okay, Max. Okay. <laughs> yeah, none of the three of us are the John Rothsteins of college football bowl games. So, exactly. Yeah, I think they'll end up going to the Outback Bowl, but like it kind of depends more 
on like who makes the New Year's Six Bowls, which is like the college football playoff rings this year have been very like I don't know if biases are, but they've been very like loving of SEC teams because I mean they have four in place for the New Year's Six now, and so if you take away those four teams, which is Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama, and Florida, then like the only two other teams with a winning record in the SEC is Missouri and Auburn, and so then it's like the Citrus and Outback are the only are the two best bowls outside of those games, so they would kind of be slated to play in either of those at that point. But who knows? I mean, I feel like a bowl would take Auburn over Missouri just because Auburn has more fans and is like a higher pedigree. So that's why I would slate the out bowl at the outback. But also, like, this is a very non-logical year, and who knows how it will go. So it's kind of hard to see, just say. So I think they'll go to the outback bowl, and they could honestly play Northwestern or Wisconsin, and so that'd be a fun matchup because that's a Big Ten SEC bowl. I wonder if Wisconsin will even go to a bowl. Honestly, like, I don't know. Just, they've had such an odd season, but I, we don't need. We're not Wisconsin beat writers. We can let the other people handle that, I guess. So I won't get into that. But yeah, I like your prediction of Mizzou Northwestern. That sounds kind of fun. Yeah, get the get the J school J school bowl. All right. Adam, is it time for what you call everyone's everyone's it's, favorite? It's game? everyone's favorite. We game. haven't we haven't gotten a lot of feedback as to whether or not it's everyone's favorite game. I, I know it'll we- come pouring in at the end of the year. Just okay. I promise you, Max, <laughs> it'll come pouring in. Everyone will be raving about it. Spotify will be like, "Why wasn't this in our top podcasts of the year?" This is just ridiculous. It's so, going to anyway. be like they're going to say this is these were your favorite games and it'll it'll your favorite yeah your favorite podcast games and it'll just be tiger kick off the podcast in one section and with that everyone's favorite game is mascot melee so without further ado here's the breakdown each week we're going to give you our predictions for who would win in a fight between truman the tiger or missouri's opponent's mascot their costumed mascot i should say for clarity's sake we're only what in the last week of the season but since week two, uh, we've been adding a little variety, a little spice um, by picking our favorite mascot matchups um, from around the country. And Andy, I know that uh, you were eager to put your ma- matchup down on the down on the uh, budget. So without further ado, Andy, why don't you give us your mascot matchup of the week? Yeah, I've got um, probably the championship game of the most underwhelming Power 5 conference, but it's the Big 12 championship game between the Iowa Cyclones and the Oklahoma Sooners. This is a rematch. Iowa State beat Oklahoma earlier this year, and I think in terms of mascots, it's pretty lopsided because with Oklahoma, it's a state where you know the wind comes sweeping through the plains, and so a Cyclone's not a great matchup, so I think that's a pretty easy, easy repeat for Iowa State, so I think Iowa State will get it done. Andy, were you a theater kid? I was not. I was in my, I was in my church choir, so that's where we learned those kind of songs. But did you guys actually sing the theme to Oklahoma in your church choir? No, it was like a warm up. Not we didn't. We, we weren't breaking out musical tunes in um in in, in service. But I was gonna say that's crazy. That's insane. Uh, well, there you have good, it. Good song though, and a good musical, man. Very catchy. Very catchy. Rodgers and Hammerstein. Always good stuff. Max. Who you got? Oh, I got a good one this week. Uh, the Oregon Ducks against the USC Trojans. And the reason why I picked this matchup, not only because the Ducks are one of the fiercest mascots, but in Ohio, Union Township, Ohio. Any of you guys been there before? No, no. I haven't been to Union Township, Ohio. Uh, bro, Where is Union Township, Ohio? In Ohio. Where in Ohio? I am not exactly sure. I didn't do that much research before. It says it's a town in New Jersey. Wait a minute. It, no, no, there's one in Ohio. It is in Clement, Clermont County, population of 46,416, kind of near Milford. Been to Milford? 
I've never been to Milford either. I, yeah. I haven't been to Milford. All right. Well, if you right from oh, apparently it's a three-hour, five-minute flight. Um, wow. Uh, but anyways, there there was an exotic duck spotted there yesterday in Union Township, and it apparently has the locals really excited. And quote, they are they are beautiful birds, but I never thought I'd see one in person. Uh, maybe other than a zoo. Seeing one here, it's an honor. That was Russell Ebbing, who stopped by for the second time. Yeah, they, the, union, the administrator said they put them in the pond in 2019, but they all flew away. But apparently this one made its way back because they think it's in love. Another duck? One of the, uh, one of the female ducks. What kind of exotic. duck is this? Is it just it called an exotic duck? It's called exotic duck, but let me tell you, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it doesn't – it looks That's like right. a mix. Max, I need, I need imagery. It looks sort of like a peacock, like if a peacock was a duck kind of. It's like it's like red or orangish. I don't know how to describe it. They just call it an exotic duck. This is but some Ebbing, the same guy said it was. I've never seen colors like it on one animal. It's fascinating. Who who and is this, Mister Ebbing? Russell. He he what? stopped by there two times to oh. look at the Mandarin duck. They're usually is, found in is Asia. He from is he from? He seems to be a regular, a local, a local, the a county, if you will. Yeah, he's a he's a Union Township county. I think is what I would call him. Anyways, yeah. So that it's exciting news out of Union Township. Um, but yes, as far as the football game that is not being taking place in Ohio, you have Tyler Show at quarterback for Oregon. He is. I mean, they shouldn't even have been in this game. Kind of like how that duck probably shouldn't be in that pond. These ducks shouldn't even be in the in the championship game. I I believe because they're in because of Washington. Um, you know, you had COVID. So now you got ducks. So if you're if you're looking for some good football, Friday night, Travis Dye running the ball 336 yards this year, averaging seven and a half yards a carry. Wow, Travis Dye go off. Um, but yeah, against USC, I'm I'm excited. I know I probably went on a little too long about the ducks, but I think they were worth going on for. It was unique. It was yeah. it was very unique. You know, if, and if you didn't, if anything, you could say you learned something here today. I did. I did. I really did. Yeah. I always come here for my my knowledge. Oh, and I, I got I got the ducks because of that. Well, there you go. There you go. The yeah. So I don't know if any of us have done this this year, but I picked a canceled matchup. We're hitting that point in the season. Um, I have got the Purdue Boilermakers and the Indiana Hoosiers. I remember wow. Purdue made a pretty fun appearance uh, on Mascot Melee earlier this year when uh, Purdue Pete, if I'm right, got arrested outside of a McDonald's for using his vehicle as a weapon. Um, so certainly certainly another unique matchup, Purdue back in the game for us. I just kind of picked it because I think Boilermaker is certainly a unique mascot as well as a Hoosier, which is literally just somebody who's from the state of Indiana. I got to be honest, at the end of the day, I mean, if you're going to give me a train versus a person from Indiana, I'm taking the train every time, even though at the end of the day, I mean, Indiana's number 11 in the country. They've had a phenomenal season, only one loss, produced two and four on the year. So, you know, on paper, you're taking Indiana, but this is a matchup of mascots. Give me the Boilermakers every time, every single time. With that, we will be heading into the main event for this evening. Uh, the true mascot melee matchup for Truman the Tiger. He will be taking on Bully of Mississippi State. Yes, that's Bully, spelled B-U-L-L-Y. We've got another Bulldog in the house. And fun fact, there are two different versions 
of Bully. Well, technically, there have been 25 different versions of Bully, and we will get into that here in a second because there's a live Bully and there's a costumed Bully at Mississippi State. I would certainly say the live uh, version of Bully is a little more uh, notable and popular. Of course, that's a live Bulldog mascot. There have been 24 of them in the history of Mississippi State, and the first ever Bully um, is actually buried underneath Scott Field on campus at the home bench on the 50 yard line. So the ghost of bully certainly haunts Mississippi state stadium. But since then there have been 23 more bullies. Um, they are all named in succession. So bully one, bully two, bully three, et cetera, et cetera, but they all have their own names and the latest there, this bulldog's name is crystals golden prince and they go by Jack for short. I don't know how they get to that. Um, there have been five unknown names of bullies. So, uh, 19 in total have very much been named, but looking at the costumed bully, kind of built a little bit like Harry Dog, who was the opponent on last week's mascot melee, but no collar on, on a bully and brown fur instead of white, of course, still in the standard build uniform for a mascot. And bully actually first appeared in the 1964-65 school year, uh, but was not officially adopted by the university until 1971. And here's a fun little fact. Bully actually got in the middle of some uh, some controversy, some legal trouble uh, for ESPN and Mississippi State in 2013 when the student who was in the bully costume got ran over by an ESPN cart at the 2013 Egg Bowl that bully had to be carted off and he eventually sued ESPN and Mississippi state for $75,000 in damages. Crazy, truly crazy. Did, so, he, win? Did he win? I actually don't know. That oh, was we're going to leave it. Right and then I was like, I need to write that down. Yeah. That's a good, it's an interesting no, fact. Actually. So with that, with a that, little homework assignment, we've got it. We've got a minute to hold on here. So we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Truman, bully at the 50-yard line. Max, who you got? Well, I don't – I mean, it doesn't seem like bully's ready. One, if you're named bully, like if you have to be named bully to act tough, that's kind of dumb. So, sorry, that's dumb. But I, I don't like that. And I also don't like – I mean, if you're going to fight, it, it was a cheap shot, obviously. I mean, you got run over. But – you're not going to sue. You get them next. You call for a rematch. You get a title fight with Cart. I mean, yeah, I, I, I want Truman. And I'm curious if he won because if he didn't win, then he's going to be down money and you can't hire a trainer for this fight. So, yeah, I mean, well, well I give me Truman for the 700th time this year. Michaela Mills was the name of the student. She actually sued uh, for $75,000. She dropped a lawsuit. So yeah, if she's out of, she's out of money, can't pay for a trainer app. Give me Truman. There you go. There you go. Max has it. Andy, what do you say? I don't know. I mean, like, I think that shows some vulnerability getting hit by, I mean, I obviously want to be sensitive in the situation, but if you're not going to look both ways, like, you know, like what's kind of, like, are you going to be able to, 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 to take on Truman in a fight? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think Truman's also been battle-tested this whole year in this in this um, separate universe that we've had this year. So I'm going to take Truman. Strength of schedule, yeah. big key for Andy. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, how many true road wins? Quad one. I think this would be a quad one win. 
There you go. It's 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 crucial. It's important. I think I'm joining you guys, and I think it's for pretty much all of the same reasons. I mean, I'm I'm looking at a tweet right now uh, that is an image of uh, Miss Mills in the costume on a cart being carted off the field. Looks pretty ridiculous. You know, of course, if you're not going to look both ways, but then if you don't have a trainer to help you repair that ACL, you're down bad. What was the injury? I believe it was an ACL. It, were ACLs, was it a torn ACL? It was a con, you know, non-contact torn. I guess it wasn't non-contact. That we finally cleared that one up. Do we now? We oh, know no, it wasn't even a torn ACL. It was a compound fracture in her oh, left leg. Not, oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe, yeah, that's, that's actually... That's real bad. It's pretty gnarly. I hope she's feeling okay. I hope so too, but... Um, I think it's been seven years, I think. Yeah, she probably, she probably had time. To maybe, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll invite her on the next podcast. There we go. That's what we got to do. That's that would be... Michaela, if you're listening, like like all the other hundreds of thousands of listeners, join us on the next Tiger Kick Off the Podcast. But, Michaela, I'm sorry. You're the reason I'm not picking Bully. Give me Truman in this one. We got a clean sweep of Truman's here, and I, I think that'll do it for the final uh, regular season edition of Tiger Kickoff, the podcast. Um, for TK, the podcast, I am Adam Cole, joined again by Max Baker and Andy Kimball. Um, if you want, you can follow us on Twitter at Cole Reporter, at by Andy Kimball, and at Max Baker underscore 15. And as always, you can keep up with everything the Missourian's doing on at or at Co-Missourian on Twitter, excuse me, and then you can head to their website at www.columbiamissourian.com.